Hey, I want to invite you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast and enjoying this content and are passionate about protection, you should know that we have an entire library of all of the protector symposiums that we've ever done uh, hosted at protectornation.com. You can go there and you can download those and you can watch every protector symposium we've had to date there online and you can learn protection tactics from the most, some of the most elite trainers in the world from the comfort of your own home. I think you'll be surprised about how much content we actually have there. Uh, It's very, very, very reasonably priced and you can upgrade your protection skills. Remember, protection is not all about the hard skills. 90% of it is all about the software, the programming, the way you see and move in the world to achieve a safer pattern of life. With that having been said, go to protectornation.com, join us there, learn from the best of the best. Now, enjoy the show. Boom, hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Welcome, everybody. Come on in. Come on into the classroom. So we are live on like seven different platforms right now. This is going to be an awesome episode. You know, um, personally... I've I've looked up to this man for a long time as I've grown up in the industry, you know. Um, Instructor Zero has been doing this stuff since, I mean, I was a little, <laughs> since I was getting out of the Marine Corps, I finally saw this guy and I was like, oh my goodness, like how could, I was like, oh my gosh, like someone can shoot that fast. And of course, you know, that's what draws us in, you know, we're like, wow. But then as I've watched and studied him a little bit more, and, you know, we've gotten to hang out at some of the shot shows. Um, I start, you know, it's, it's actually very refreshing to see that this man is the real deal. It is the real deal. Um, and so it's an honor. I want to greet everybody. Uh, so, hi. Uh, and for me, it's a big pleasure and, uh, and an honor to be here with you. Uh, you're an awesome person. After, I'm going to talk a little bit about you which was my impression. That's very important, you know. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, behind the job, behind the profession, behind what we do. Remember, the most important value is the man, is the human capital that is behind everything. I don't care uh, normally, uh, you know, the job rank, uh, the social position, uh, I don't care if uh, it's a rich, poor, uh, the color, the religion, uh, the qualification, if it's a, a special force or law enforcement or a simple guy. What makes the difference is the man, is the person, is the human being is behind everything. That is the most important thing. 
that is priceless. Understand? So that's and you are a great man. I can tell you since the first time I met you, that's not I say this because we are here. And when we start to meet each other better, you can understand that I'm not the kind of person that uh, can uh, give you a uh, uh, in your in your shoulder and slap your shoulder to say nothing good if I don't think for real that is uh, that is is good. The same process with my students. So for me, it's a big pleasure to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm not sure if I'm a big deal, <laughs> the real deal. <laughs> Basically, I'm a professional student here, but <laughs> we can see what we figure out in the next hour then. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that's spoken like like a real true warrior, man. Because it's I've, you know, the guys that are humble that are that are really, and a lot of guys talk about being an eternal student, but the guys that really are. Those are the good guys, man. And I, I, I second what you said, man. I, I've now fortunately been able to meet a lot of guys, man. And so it's an honor when I see someone who's got that humility and, you know, all that stuff. So it's an honor, brother. We are about to go into the Protectors, uh, the Protector Symposium 5.0. We've got an amazing lineup. We're going to get into Instructor Zero's background a little bit. We're going to do some tactical reviews and look at some real world um, action and kind of see what his take is on it and kind of chop those things up. But first, you guys, I want to uh, play the video we have for this upcoming Protector Symposium. Check it out. We've got an exotic treat for you guys from overseas. I'm really excited about this one. None other than instructor zero from over the pond he's coming out here with us, with us in the united states and he's going to be running a course on fighting around vehicles in and around vehicles and this is not just any course on fighting in and around vehicles besides the fact that it's going to be taught to you by the instructor zero uh is the reality that he has given this course to some of the world's most elite fighting forces this is a course that I uh, don't know if you're going to be able to get anywhere else for a very long time or really ever that he's doing something special for us. Where do 80% force encounters happen? Where do these emergencies happen? Where, do, where are people generally attacked? They're generally attacked in transitional spaces. If you guys watch my protector, uh, my tactical protection reviews, you guys already know this. And so you've got to learn how to fight in and around vehicles. And who better to teach you than the infamous? instructor zero he's been in this game he's a legend in this game and it'll be an honor to have him over here in the u.s you make it cooler than what i am <laughs> i do my best you know honestly man i love celebrating you guys man like I'm an eternal student as well. And so, you know, when I when I when you guys say, hey, I will work with you and my brand and your brand can run together for an operation, it means a whole lot. And then I can bring, you know, crystallize and bring some of what you guys have to the tribe. I'm stoked. You know, and secretly, I just want to train with you guys. <laughs> so I create all this just to do it. Yeah, but I think it's the same for even for us. I mean, mm. wow. Uh, as always, you know, when the if you work, 
Knowledge is something that never goes in one way. You always learn something. You always learn from the students. You always learn from the environment, from other instructors, from your colleagues. You can, there is always a huge space uh, to learn something new. And when you, the problem is that, you know, many of our colleagues, they think that they don't need this anymore, that they are right. That I think, I hope I, 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 will never arrive at that point. The day that I stop to be a student should be the day that I need to stop to be a trainer. Because, you know, again, doesn't matter what I've done uh, in my past. Uh, I have, anyway, I need to refresh my knowledge. I need to adapt my knowledge in the no days because the world is changed and changed very fast. It's always, you know, and this is a, and the technical side is something that we, we can cover later during this live regarding, for example, the police academy, law enforcement academy rules in the in different countries. I have the problem we can find. In the so whatever you did uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, now it's time to refresh because the world is not any more like 15 years ago. You have new needs, you have new problems, you need to face new critical uh, critical aspects that's before uh, you probably be there, the, 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 you didn't because different kind of conditions, right? And this is something that you can feel every day, just watching a TV or uh, the news on the, on the channel. It's, uh, it's every day you can see uh, facts that happen around the world that say, oh, wow. And there is where we need to work, right? We need to adapt. We need to refresh, update our knowledge every day. Yeah. The system of learning never stops. 100%. No, this is this is wisdom, y'all. I hope, I hope you guys are listening. I'm taking notes. Um, information, knowledge always goes two ways. Like, yeah. Write that down, you know, and always be looking for it. That's that's wisdom. That is awesome. Um, so uh, at this upcoming in um, Protector Symposium, we're going to talk about fighting around vehicles. But before we get into all that stuff, um, I always like to ask my opening question. Who are you at your core? Like, who's the man behind the work? You know, <laughs> if- I'm, I don't have a really interesting story like, you know, that uh, some other big names. I mean, and first of all, I have a name as your name, like everybody. My name is Jacobicelli, my name is your name. So I have a name as your name like everybody else. But because many years ago when we started social media, uh, I did... I did nothing. I didn't know nothing about internet and social media. My job was so far from social media. So, and when I started, and I'm very happy that at the, at the conference will be Paolo, our GM from Funker, because everything started in terms of social media. Everything started with him uh, more than 10 years ago uh, in terms of social media. And at that time, because I didn't know nothing about social media, I said, I don't, I'm not sure to exhibit my real name, master name for the kind of job we, I was doing and I continue to do. And I said, but I don't want to lose the chance to, uh, the idea, the original project about the social media stuff was to, to point the light to people uh, that 
they normally do their job with huge sacrifice in the shade, like special forces, special units, all around the world, not only in the Western world that, you know, the, the coolest guy from the special force that everybody knows, uh, the most common names of uh, special forces. There are tons and tons of small units, special units from law enforcement, from military, all around the world that they fight every day like hell. And they do it with no gears, uh, with no equipment, with few money, few bucks for months, and they do like lions. And for this kind of uh, men and women uh, that fight every day, that was my uh, my goal to show that there is another another part of the job that you know probably no one of them uh, have the chance to go on social media or uh, get the visibility or the credits that not because they need to have, but because why if we can to provide showing and explaining a little bit what we can uh in the base of uh, you know the the clearance and the whole the stuff and this was the original plan plus the another thing that was part of the, the the starting project was to show people to spread a kind of message in term of a technical message in term of mindsets in term of to show my way to the things maybe are the wrong correct <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know, but it's not something that uh, you need to. Everyone has to filter information uh, by his experience, by his needs, right? So, what can work for someone maybe uh, doesn't work for uh, someone else. It depends about always about who you are, where you are, what you have to do. So, uh, who is Structured Zero? Structured Zero. <laughs> Aim make me laugh, you know, because it's structure zero. I work with my business guy. <laughs> you know, it's a I'm victim of this the same name, but I can tell you that after years and uh, after I saw all the problem we got, even working with uh, like a nickname on social media, we had a lot of tries and the frauds. They cloned my profile, my real name, my surname. We had courts. We we had tons of problems regarding the, because the exposure we had in these years. So at the end of the game, I can tell you that we did the proper thing uh, using a stupid name like Instructed Zero. That's uh, <laughs> It's hilarious, okay? It's not. <laughs> but this is such a myth. But you know, you don't need to, you don't have to judge uh, a book by the cover. So if you stop just on the name, uh, it's good for for me. It's good. I mean, it's it's, it's your fault, not mine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I have a name as a name like everybody. But wow. uh, so my story is a very simple story. I was born in Italy. But I just born in Italy. Then I, uh, because my mother came in Italy just for the born, and then she went back to Africa because my family was in Africa at that time. And we are talking about the end of the, the 70s, so uh, when Africa was quite hot. And uh, I, can, I can tell you that was quite hot because uh, we were in Rhodesia at that time, and we, we were there in 78, 79 when... Uh, all the trouble started and the revolution there. And then uh, we we moved for, for Ghana. 
<laughs> probably my father was not uh, really a black belt in uh, geopolitics <laughs> because we moved it for Ghana in the same years. Uh, we had the first coup from Rawlings that was uh, uh, in 1979, the second coup in wow. 1981. So it was uh, quite hot. So I spent chaos. Yeah. The first thing about that, uh, I remember I was like, uh, five years old, more or less, five, six years old. I remember one one time my father uh, <laughs> breaking my room, uh, took me from the bed, pushed me under the bed, and few seconds later, I remember a big uh, noise, like a big, big explosion, and all the glasses of the windows crashed. That was the first time I started to deal with something like that. And then in, uh, I remember, for example, another thing that I was, again, a kid, and I was uh, in, uh, in Ghana, and uh, I saw my, the first time I was for, uh, was involuntary because at that time uh, there was the, um, the highway between Accra to Tema, they, they used to, there was a camp where they did execution there. Uh, yeah, it's so, uh, like that uh, 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 penalty. So uh, was the first time that I saw something like that. And they, again, during the second coup, uh, they shot the car uh, for mistake by a police officer there. Uh, we received two rounds on the car, but nothing happened for luck. Uh, no one was injured. It was a simple mistake. They didn't want to do it. But this is uh, how I grew up. I grew up. So the first, the, the first third of my life I spent in Africa, growing up without television. I mean, uh, we didn't have a lot of television. I used to play outside. Uh, I used to, you know, the, the the country is the land is amazing. Yeah, though we live in in many countries uh, from the south to the. Yeah, to the Guinea Gulf, so I, I traveled a lot in that the part. Then I came back in Italy to complete my study, and I joined my military service, I served my country in an airborne brigade. That was my dream, and uh, so I started to uh, to work and to follow my dream, and exactly when I was uh, living my dream uh, at the top, because I was ready, my idea was to make a career, a military career inside uh, the Arbonne was the brigade that was for me, you know, that, uh, the, the, yeah. And the then, top, top, yeah. I was ready to complete the selection for special forces and all the stuff. And one day, uh, you know, sometimes uh, destiny uh, has uh, another plan for us. And for me, it had yeah. another plan. It was... Um, in a patrol uh, with my platoon, and my we did a lot of uh, with a lot. You know what I what I'm talking about? A lot of weight in the back, uh, a lot of kilometers, uh, and my legs were a little bit tired. And uh, I had um, I took a radix of a tree, so nothing uh, nothing uh, so cool. <laughs> I didn't break. I didn't have an injury. You know? You weren't in a gunfight. You didn't. You weren't in a gunfight, and my foot, and I break my knee, and uh, my knee went. I had a very bad injury, and wow. at that point, at that time, the surgery for that kind of injury was quite heavy, and uh, provide you some points, invalidation points. So this means that not more active service in this way at that time. 
So mm -hmm. the best case scenario was office or in general, like a logistic task or something. And no way. That. I, no way I'm going to pass the next 40 years inside a room in front of a laptop. I shoot my balls if I need to do something like that. So <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. I'm the same kind of man. So I, if, if this is what destiny had to me, uh, had for me in this, for my dream. Okay, this is plane A, plane A is done, it's finished. So I needed to go for plane B. And I said, this is what I want to do in my life. And so if it's not enough playing B, I'm going from play C or D, whatever, but this is what I'm going to do in my life because this is what I love and nobody can stop me at this. And this is what I did. So the first thing I, I did basically, I, I tried to enter in the private security And I start to do some bullshit around the work, courses, little job. Uh, but I realized immediately that I was doing the wrong thing because I was entering in the industry from the wrong door, from uh, not even the service door, not the main for sure, but not even the service door. And if uh, I understood at that time that uh, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't in the right path, And so I said, no way that I go forward. Uh, this is not, I can't arrive anywhere from this point because I have no knowledge. I am, I know meat, I am no meat and no fish. I'm like a mix of salad and, you know, no specialization, no qualification, except that the one I took in the military, but the experience was too short to have that kind of value. So I said, I need knowledge, but who is going to provide me knowledge? Because the government side is done. So how I can do it? And the answer was quite easy. Buy books, buy studies. So I started study and got my first degree in science of investigation and security. And then I'm going for science of formation. And I start uh, to work in a private uh, sector, but in a different way. I started, I did a lot of uh, courses of specialization around the world from different kind of topic from risk assessments. Uh, I work with a, uh, in a close protection courses. I, I work in with different kind of companies. And then I started to teach inside university as well. I, I, I taught for more than 10 years inside university. And at the same time, I work for, I start to work for, uh, like, that's a little bit more delicate, let's say a group, uh, a financial group, We provide them by different companies uh, ex external assets uh, for different kind of services. They they had their security uh, service, their security compartment, but for specific services, especially in some areas, in some countries, Irish countries, uh, they uh, they provide with external companies. And I started there. And I start to work basically all around the world. I work in South America, starting from the first of 2000, uh, Middle East, uh, Africa for sure was my first place. And uh, Southeast Asia, I, I, I did basically everywhere. Uh, I, I touched, except for Australia, the rest of the world, I touched everywhere. Not all the countries, but all the continents. Uh, so, wow. And from that point in 2006, we start to provide uh, one of the, the branch of uh, the business of this group was also to provide training to uh, kind of security company uh, that they work with uh, uh, 
uh, different kind of uh, money and gold and diamonds and all the stuff like that. I I protect people. I protect more cash, a lot of cash. We move in a lot of cash during the years. And uh, uh, VIP for sure, a lot. And, uh, and then gold, diamond, and uh, also a really particular task. Uh, it's uh, like, you know... It's something that is hard. Uh, it's, it's out of the net of the the big, uh, the, the, the big the network companies of uh, private security companies. This is more like you know, it's uh, when you go from from a tailor because what uh, between the the large distribution, uh, what we what we did were the specific services that only a small company can tailorize the needs of the clients, the specific needs. So what we, uh, this is, was the word, if I need to choose one of the main uh, word uh, for that season is the word trust. Was The trust was the base mm. of everything. And that was really one of the most interesting season of my life because it's where I learned a lot. I work in an asymmetric uh, security a lot in asymmetric tasks a lot and this uh, is where I really that was my real university in terms of application uh, especially because we work in, uh, in, in a really different kind of environments and uh, you know at that time we didn't have uh, so much technology uh, or support uh, as you can have today uh, so uh, the most, the, the biggest part uh, was based on uh, human research, <laughs> research and uh, human capital. So uh, there was, it's where you can understand. And this, you know, it's uh, sometimes I laugh when I, uh, when I see the message that this industry is uh, spreading uh, in terms of uh, professionals when they want to, uh, because, you know, we are spreading, I think, many Many times, too much times, we spread we spread the wrong message we, because people start. Uh, what I feel from social media, what I read, what I feel is that people think that everything is. Uh, first of all, that they think that like a gunfight is something cool. Uh, you listen up, you guys. Listen up. No, I'm telling everyone to listen to what you're about to say. No, that's, you know, that's, uh, or that. The experience of a professional is based on the number of gunfights. You know, one, one of the questions, the most dumb question uh, that I, I found uh, when, when I deal with other professionals is, uh, hey, what's your background? How many gunfights did you have? So something like that. That's, that's, I, can, I can tell you that uh, I, I'm doing this job about now more than, I think, 25 years, more than 25 years, something like that. I never ask it to anyone, which is your background. It required me five minutes talking with him to understand if the person I am in front is someone that chew the job or not. You don't have to ask. You never ask. I don't need it. It's one <laughs> of the dumb questions you can make to another professional. And what we are doing, you know, when, when I see people that they think that this job is cool because you can dress a plate carrier and uh, the last model of a super customizer rifle with a super customized optics and you get dress your cap and you are cool with your Oakley. And as I say, you don't, understand, you don't know, but you know, you can work with a rifle 
probably in three, four countries in the world, and all if you have a specific country government. Otherwise, now is not anymore. Not because you work in Africa, you are allowed to carry a rifle outside. You are going to how comfortable are the jails, uh, the room with the bars on the window, the hotels in, in Africa or uh, in the Middle East or in South America. Do you think that because uh, you, you, you know, people think that a task is based on the gunfight. People think that because you are, you use the firearms, you, you can't wait to use it to test it on the field. No way. I think... I think it comes from ignorance, you know, like not ignorance in the demeaning way, but genuine lack of experience and genuine lack of understanding. I think this is why me and you got along at SHOT Show, because we were like hiding away from everyone. And they would come up and this guy's like, hey, my name's Tom, eight years Navy SEAL. Who are you? And I was like, I was like. I'm Byron. Like, I, I don't know. I was a Marine. Can we still hang out? Like, am I cool? You know? And it's like these guys, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know how to really quantify it, but the real deal guys, you know, are humble and we don't want any violence, you know, and especially if you've really seen that stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's something, you know, it's something that is not, we, we want to avoid these things. And the most legit guys are the guys that don't care about any of that stuff. You give me a weapon, I can do whatever I need to do with it. And it's not the gear that makes the man. It's not the gear, it's not the background, it's the character. And that those are the real warriors, man. You know what? I agree 100%, a trillion percent. And sometimes, especially when I talk with a super tactical ninja, are the people that they, they really want to be part of this industry, enter, I want to work as a PSD, I want to work in a close protection, I want to work, ah, cool, and you dress like this, right? You think that you can arrive in a foreign country dressed with a military pants or military shirt or like a contractor at the airport? Yeah, that's the best way to pass the next six hours in a foreign, in the immigration office, explaining why you are uh, or in the country with uh, maybe a tourist visa, uh, if you are if you are there for a job application somewhere, and you have another kind of visa, or just you got the attention of the authority before you just put your first foot, your right foot, uh, <laughs> out of the airport. Understand? And this is why I, I always say, do you know which is the main problem in a in a in in this kind of task, even in Irish task, logistic. <laughs> That's the <laughs> dang truth. <laughs> logistic. The second problem are people because your team, uh, the charters and the attitude and. A lot of bullshit are related with the people that are involved in the task. And you, again, you need what, what is the main advantage you can have? Trustable local content. That's what makes the difference in 98% of the frank Relationships. Relationships. You must be sure to know the laws there. What you are authorized to do or not. How you can work or what you can do or even how you can move where you need to stay which is there are tons of things that the traffic there are countries for example where it's better to use the driver instead to drive you the vehicle because if something happened not a gunfight but a car incident if you 
and someone is going to be local is going to be injured, you are going to pass a very bad moment and it costs you a lot because you are foreign in a kind of country where corruption is at the top. So they wait you for that. They wait you to take down someone with the bicycle or the motorbike and you have to pay a lot if you want to exit from the country. This is why you, we use, for example, local drivers, but you need to trust the local driver. You need to train the local driver. And many times when you do a short time, there is no way that you are authorized to carry a firearm. Absolutely. No one is going to to give to provide you a permit for a private security or close protection for 10 days. <laughs> but this is a simple, you know, it's it's simple. It's fantasy. It's a, it's fancy story. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's just a myth, you know. People think that they you can uh, go around some place like Latin America or Africa or Southeast Asia dressed like a, a, a contractor, you know, in full gear. High profile is not more anymore applied. You can work even in a, in a places where where you have high risk. Uh, you can go out with a double platform, or you go out with rifle, or you go out with a with a pistol, or uh, the few time you are authorized, I, for example, to uh, it's happening many times to uh, with us because the government task uh, you are authorized just to carry a firearm that is a pistol, not for sure a rifle. Understand? And you need to be careful on the use of that platform. It's not because you are authorized that you are like a cowboy. If you take down a subject, even in the, because maybe it was the reason, if you can avoid it, it's always better than do it. Because 100%. our tones of problem that arrives immediately. There is nothing cool on this. There Big problem. Cool on gunfight. And there is nothing that can warrant to you that you're going to win it. Because yep. it happens. You can leak. I can do my draw perfectly 10,000 times in the range. And that day, I'm going to grab my T-shirt and dropping <laughs> out the platform. And this is mean game over. That's it. No more. And people say, hey, why you don't go in the, the, why you, you don't go in Ukraine? Because there is a war, fucking idiot. <laughs> I need to go to, to a war. That's not my war. I, I'm really close to Ukrainian people, but the people. But this doesn't mean because I'm a firearm instructor that I need to join all the war in this planet. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I love it. I received this question. I never replied because I think it's even if it's so ignorant. It's just ignorant. If I'm going to reply, I'm dumber than the question. Understand? But when they tell me, "Hey, why you are not? You are so fast. Why you don't go into crime? Yeah, why? There is something called war. Do you think it's a joke? I, you think that we don't have business? We don't have people that work for us? That we have the responsibility to pay? No, and, and provide." Yeah, to provide food or the family, whatever. Yeah, man. I, I I say, this is the mess. And do you know how many people they joined that stuff? People that came from Airsoft. People that came that they think it's cool to go there. That's what me <laughs> a lot. Yeah. They no. never what means violence. You know what I mean? This is That's 100%. And part of the fault is also on us. 
in the trainers, in the firearms training, because we continue to sell what they want and not what they need. And we do this because money. We need to be honest. Because if I exit with, hey, guys, I'm going to have <laughs> a real day is going to be in a classroom. One day we are going to make bang, bang, bang. Oh, no, that is a boring course. Fuck, no, I don't need it. Why I need to go? It's a pistol course. Why I need to go in the classroom? Because the problem is that 98% is based on your brain and not on your finger. And it's so hard to train your brain. And it's so easy to train your finger. So the more you make bang, bang, the less you learn. But this is a kind of concept that is too hard to explain to people that they don't want to learn for real. They want to have fun. That's the real thing. This, this industry is a soap bubble. This industry is a soap bubble. And I can tell you, I want to write an article that I will upload in the next days about this. Because you know what? The more things I see around the internet, I don't want to, to call out anybody. It's, it's a general. Me. The fault is also me. I'm a part of, the, of this industry. So the fault is in a general. I, I don't want to call anyone else out. But in general, we need to be careful on the message that we spread. Because when we teach to civilians CQB tactics for hostage rescue, what's the meaning? <laughs> Why need to teach a civilian how to rescue a hostage in the airplane? And maybe his job is a bank or dentist or he sells through it as a free market. What, what, where, where we want to go there? Which is the headache we have? And again, the same process in everything we do. Because, you know, people want everything immediately without avoiding the hard job, pretending that a course become a miracle that in eight hours or 16 hours, you pass all the knowledge. Like for induction, like you do with the iPhone. That doesn't work in this way. No, absolutely not. And, you know, uh, that's another, another point is, I, I'm a big fan of logic and common sense. I have met, I tell you, uh, I didn't finish my background, but to, to go very fast. We're, this is awesome. We're, we're deep in the weeds, man. This is good stuff. This is what people need to hear. In 2006, I start to, we start to provide training to our companies. So at one point I said, listen, if I need to do this for other people, I'm going to do it by myself. And I start to develop the system. And my, my system is changed a lot during the years. Uh, in 2006, I wasn't, I didn't have the proper, uh, I don't know how to explain in, in English. Uh, I was not so mature as a trainer. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the age is important. It really it's is. important. Mm -hmm. And uh, not because I didn't have, but the mindset was completely different. And even the, 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 the feedback and... Uh, the experience in training and the application of training and the feedback we got during the years changed a lot. And we still mm -hmm. change our, our drills, our protocols. We refresh the protocols twice a year, at least some of them. And wow. based mainly on the brain. Mm -hmm. 
25% is based on the brain, 25% is based on the mechanics, on the finger. But being a big fan of logic, everything, we need to find the proper starting point. And people don't realize which is the starting point, which is the, the first problem that we have to face. That is, is the biggest problem in training that we need to face. The problem is this, that is common to whatever is related with firearms and training is under this problem. Uh, if we are talking about, I don't want to talk about, I want to call it, I don't want to put a tag like a tactical shooting because it's a not tactical shoot. I prefer professional application of firearms because I'm, I'm, I don't need to be tactical. What means tactical? I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's abused term. Like warrior is another term that is super abused in, in this industry. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, what is tactical? That professional application of firearms. So which is the first problem we need to face in this? Is the environment. So think about that. Doesn't matter who, everyone want to train with a firearm, normally this happens inside a specific training facility that are built to allow people to use firearms safely. That are yep. ranges or the training facility that uh, are built for firearms, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if you are a civilian with passion, if you are competitive shooters, sports shooters, if you are a police officer, special forces or military guy, if you use a firearm outside of the real environment in training, then you will use a firearm inside a shooting range. And what mm -hmm. is a shooting range? The shooting range is a controlled environment, right? So if we take, for example, yeah, if we take, uh, for example, the competitive shooter, uh, sport shooter, okay? The sport shooter train itself inside the shooting range. Great. When we talk about training application, we are talking about the loop is a loop that is called training and application. Why? So I train myself to increase my performances, to increase my skills, my abilities in shooting. Doesn't matter the discipline that I'm going to cover. If I'm going to shoot with pistol, rifle, shotgun, or trap, whatever. I train inside the shooting range, right? And then where I'm going to apply for competition, inside the shooting range, because competition are made inside the shooting range. So the attinence of my, uh, the redundance uh, between the training environment and the applicative environment is 100%, is totally. I have a complete uh, attinence between my training environment and my applicative environment, because I'm going to find this, can change the morphology of the structure, right? But is the same environment. So for a competitive shooter, a competitive shooter has 100% of the attendance between the two environments. Now let's, let's come to us. People who use a firearm as a tool in their job as a police officer, private security, or a civilian that has uh, the defensive license to carry a firearms every day. Where are we trained? inside the shooting range, right? So we have the same, we have in common with a competitive shooter, we have the training environment. That is the same environment, but where we apply. 
in the shooting range. <laughs> we are going to apply in the real environment. In the real world, yeah, yeah. And what have the two environments, what they have in common? The shooting range with the real environment. You know what they have? Very little. <laughs> Nothing except one element. Apps. Yeah, yeah. Only elements in common between the two environments. It's like you prepare a unit for a jungle warfare, and then they are going to apply an Arctic. So, wow. and people don't realize this. Let's analyze this in details because another problem in this industry is the level that you want to, or the level you want to approach this is a complex method that is firearms, the application, the professional application of firearms. And the shooting range is a 2D environment, it's B dimensional environment. I tell you some paradoxes very fast. Is a B-dimensional environment. It's flat, right? The real environment is 3D and it's not flat. The shooting range is built to allow a safe use of firearms. The real environment is not built for firearms. So it's not a proper environment to use firearms. The ballistic environment you can find inside a shooting range is homogeneous. The ballistic environment you find in a real environment is heterogeneous. In 10 yards, if you walk for 10 yards down the street, you can have a multiple ballistic environments around you. You can have elements that can change completely your priorities in reaction. You can have walls, vehicles, uh, people, crowd, uh, shop, bar, restaurant, any glass. <laughs> Your reaction, your priorities could be totally different than 10 meters before. And this is not something that you can have in the shooting range. Another element. Uh, on the shooting range, whatever you're going to do, you're going to be the first is going to move. The first is going to shoot. And the only one is going to shoot. Yeah, that's why it's training. Those advantages is something that you don't have in a real environment. Why? Because there is a word that defines your condition and is the word defense. The word defense means that in general, now you can have little differences, especially in terms of home defense and the caste doctrine between other kind of laws around the world. But in general, the rules of self-defense are based on the fact that you are authorized to use anything, including firearms, even as extrema ratio, if your life is in danger or the life of someone else around you is in danger, but how you can define danger? What means? Means that it's not because I see a firearm, I see a print of a firearm in a subject, I can draw out uh, my firearm and I can shoot him because I think could be a danger. Because in that, in this case, I'm going in jail. Now this is called murder. It's not self-defense. And maybe it's a police officer, right? So it's not because you see or you can understand that it could be a danger that you can react or you can act for first. You need to be sure that you are in danger, that your life is in danger before you take out your firearm and you use your fire. This means that probably you're going to start for a second 
and not through first. And this means that you start in reaction and not in action. But we know that action is faster than reaction because inside there is a parameter that is called initiative. I mean, I decide when, I decide where, I decide how. You need to adapt on my decision. So on the range, we are the first. On the real, we are probably the second. On the range, we are the only one. On the real world, no. Another, another mm -hmm. point is when we are on the range, the interaction we have, the brain, the job that is that our brain has to do on the range in terms of the interaction with the environment, it's really limited because the interaction with environment and the shooting range, the shooting range is a very, very uh, low environment in terms of stimulus, in terms of input. Think about the sounds that you can have on the shooting range are limited, the voice or the bank or any other information can arrive, right? You can listen to music, but it doesn't change a lot. In terms of view, what you need to analyze, where the targets are, that most of the time are pre-known targets. Uh, they, uh, the reaction inputs, when we use a sound as a reaction, it's the most common input we use on the range, beep, that sound is an auditory input that is always the same. And the length of that input is quite long, it's 0.20 more or less. And it's always the same. So we react from an input that is a pre-known input, uh, engaging a target that's pre-known target. Most of the time are static. Most of the time we don't need to take care about collaterals because we are in a safe place. Sure, it's controlled because even if we are in the range, we still apply safety rules. Because if we don't follow safety rules, even the shooting range could become uh, uh, unsafe because us, because the improper use of the firearm. So this is why it's a controlled environment. So there are tons of things, right? Think about that, how far we are from the from the goal, from the real goal. It is logic, not zero, right? You can agree on this. You can oh, 100%, agree. yeah. You can agree that 9.9% .9 of the time when we measure the reaction is made by the buzzer, by the phonochronometer that is called timer, where we have an input that is a sound input, auditory input every time, same input every time, we know that input, we are aware that we are going to receive that input. So our brain is already start, it's already boom. As soon as we receive the beep, we start the action that most of the time is a pre-known action. Now, Think about that the shooting test, the, the protocols, the evaluation, the evaluation test, the shooting evaluation tests are based on two parameters, right? Like the competitions, accuracy and time. Is this correct? Great. 100, but those are your metrics. That's what we're going and, for. Then, and then we call that reaction. Is that a reaction? No, that is not a reaction at all. That is just a That is the time that requires our body to complete a sequence that is a penal sequence, that is a penal 
motor skills, partners, and cognitive patterns that we create by rat, that people call muscle memory. But muscle memory, muscles, they have no memory. Doesn't exist. Muscle memory is a myth. It's our brain that recognizes a sequence of movement as a single one. But we, we measure this and think that we are measuring our reaction time. So this, you know how many times happened with the units, and we are talking about top-level special units that are very strong on mechanics, but as soon as I put some speed-ups, I change the reaction input. Instead of have the auditory input always on the, on the buzzer, I, I insert different kind of auditory input or visual input. We continue to start from auditory input, but 70% of the environment is acquired from us by our eyes. So the first sense is the view. So we continue to work on the auditory, but the main one, probably if something's going to happen, 70% is going to be by our eyes. So uh, 98% of people train during on the shooting range. 86% of uh, violent crimes happen during, during uh, low light condition, during the night, evening, during on the dark. <laughs> yep. But Man. People, they never join. Low wow. Because they're not that cool, man. <laughs> oh, man, we can start. I tell, I, I asked you how many times we had because there are so many things, and one thing is related with another, you know. And but you see what I have seen, even by uh, my social media platform. Many times I did a, uh, some post, long post, because there is no way to make it shorter. In this industry, we have the bad habit that we want to translate everything with the cool sentences. The all easy day was yesterday. Right. The, more, uh, the, the more you... You swear, you sweat, or you sweat, sweat in training, the less you bleed in combat. Yeah. These sentences are cool, but Jesus Christ, are bullshit. I cannot proceed. I can't base my knowledge on these sentences. Are you kidding me? It's, think about, I want to, to bring you in a point, okay? Let's go back in a, in a professional shooter, a professional athlete, competitive shooter, how much time a professional athlete, I have many, we have tons of friends that are professional shooters, are champions. How many times they train themselves on the range? A lot. They do fit. They live on the range. A lot. They shoot thousands and thousands around every year, every week, every day they train. At least three, four times a week, and then they they do competition for what? They do all this stuff, sacrifices, hard work, everything to reach what? To win the competition, right? But which could be the worst case scenario for them? To lose competition. Yeah, that's it. it's a game. So let's take a civilian that carry a firearm every day. What the civilian doesn't 
understand is that the moment that you decide to carry a firearm is the moment that you are aware that one day you could need that tool to defend yourself. Otherwise, why you carry a firearm? So this means that you put in your, you start to analyze a concrete, a concrete possibility, concrete chance, that a solid chance that one day you could need that tool to save your life. So basically this means that one day you could compete for what? For your life. For your life. Yeah. And <clears throat> here's the response in terms of training once a month, maybe three, four times a year. But I are enough. I have a gun. I'm I carry a firearm. I'm a safe already. So a professional shooter train every day, almost every day. And the worst case scenario for him is to lose the competition to don't win uh, the league or the federation or whatever is the title. And for a civilian, the worst case scenario is to lose his life. But we continue to refuse this point. Because <laughs> in your point, if we carry a firearm, it's because one day we, need, we, we can compete for our life or even worse, for the life of our family. Yeah. This is this is the game, man. There's so much stuff you said in here that was that was just I, it was like church. You know, I'm sitting here just man. And this is exactly why with the symposium, I remember when I started trying to put the event together and I started thinking to myself, like, the reality is the software, man. Rookies spend money on hardware. Professionals spend money on software. And I remember thinking to myself, like. How do I get people to really value or how do I sneak in like a Trojan horse? <laughs> like the, the, the fact that they need to learn before they even deal with these firearms, um, the, the study of or the ology of what it really takes to be, be, be safe. I have a whole library in the Protector Nation library of all these presentations. And I'm always trying to tell people, hey, go watch these guys talk about what it is to be a protector. And nobody cares. We sell a couple a week. Like, nobody cares, right? And so I remember being like, okay, so we will have a range. We'll have two range days. But at least one day we will devote to the soft skills because as I do this professionally every single day, you know, I know that what gets me home and because, you know, we've been in fights and we've lived this life. We know that what's going to get you home is this software, you know, and your social dynamics and, you know, your ability to analyze the situation and, and playing chess instead of checkers, you know, but the sizzle there. And you talked about the, the reality of the industry and, you know, having to make this thing make money, having to make things, you know, and it is, it's an interesting line. It reminds me of when I, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when I worked with a lot of churches and I would watch them, you know, they would have to do the offering thing and they'd have to make it, make it big because they need to, they need to make enough money to make the thing go, you know, but then at the same time, the actual message sometimes would suffer. And that's what I'm trying not to do, <laughs> you know, and that's why I'm always like, Friday, we're going to the auditorium and we're going to learn and then we're going to have fun at the range, you know, for two days. But uh, I, I have agreed with you from the beginning, man. This is good stuff. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. to go straight on the on the topic that we need to cover, uh, we talk about uh, 
vehicles, right? Yes. So let's say that, in my opinion, when someone, how will how we can be prepared in terms of, you know, training to carry a firearm every day? Doesn't matter if I'm a, even more if I'm a police officer, military guy, but even if I am a civilian or a security guard, how how I I can train or where I need to train for what? And I think that the four pillars of defense are pillar number one, firearm manipulation. You need to be a black belt in firearm manipulation. This meaning that you need to be able to manage your platform. In this case, we talk about pistol, if it's a pistol, in a professional way. You need to know you, you need to work under, you need to start from the foundation of shooting that people want to avoid is the most important part. The foundation of shooting. You know which is uh, for a special operator is the capability to manage the foundation under high level of stress. 100%. This is why, and I have some, I've had some, you know, some guys that I haven't worked with and I, and I always, I have civilians and they're like, are we going to do rifle? I'm like, no, we're going to do pistol because that's your katana. What are we walking around with all the time, every day? It's pistol, one man pistol. That's it. Unless you're on a SWAT team or you're a space trooper, one man pistol. That's it. You're in 7-Eleven. It's you and your stinking pistol and no fight carrier <laughs> unless you're a cop. Yeah. And you know, so, you need to be able to, to face emergencies, to face malfunctions, to, to work on the foundation. You need to be a master on the foundation of shooting. That's pillar number one. Pillar number two, the pillars are provided by logic, not by zero. And I challenge everyone to say that this is not true. Pillar number two, when you carry a firearm, every day, all day long, or you carry just on the morning. So this every means that day, daylight and during low light, but you know perfectly that daylight and low light are two different planets. If you don't know nothing about low light, if you, and it's not enough to take today course of low light. It requires you hundreds hours of application to understand how you need to manage the lighting, how you need to go over the lighting, how you need to manage tools. Everyone wants to have a surefire or super flashlight under pistol. Cool, but you know, you're able to use it. You're able to use a hand light in the proper way. You're able to use your flashlight properly inside your house, for example. So if you carry a firearm even in a low light condition, you need to be trained for that. Otherwise, you have a big gap in your in, in your knowledge, in your preparation, right? Yeah, and it's doing, when stuff happens a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, exactly where, the, where you have more risk is because statistics, right? If you read statistics in terms of violent crimes and you see when happens, it happens during low light conditions. And there is exactly the point where you want to arrive unprepared. Nope, don't so do it. Second pillar could be low light. 
The third. Which is the third? But I said the third could be the second. After after the foundations, the the other pillars, you can invert the order, doesn't matter, but you need to be prepared. The third one is vehicles. Why? Because the vehicle is part of your daily life. Because yeah. you you it depends how much time you spend inside a vehicle. Okay, I don't own a vehicle, I just use a bicycle. Maybe it's not your main your main goal the vehicle but it's better to know what happened because it's a really it's one of the most complex environment because after we cover specifically the vehicle mm-hmm. and we start to explain what we will do I was looking for content to for us to do these tactical reviews that we'll go through maybe one or two before we get off here yeah. and uh every Almost, almost, I'd say 70% of the, 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 the videos that I have done tactical protection reviews on of real world action, there are vehicles in the, in the thing somewhere. There's vehicles in the environment because these transitional spaces people are in, that's gas stations, it's on the way from your house to your car, from your car to your work. Yeah. Because they're always there. It's one of the most common vector to move people we use in our society in our daily life. And not only. Traffic is one of the main issues that we need to face, especially if you live in the cities. I work in some places where people spend at least five, six hours at minimum a day inside a vehicle just to go to work and go back home. Daily routine. So the vehicle is one of the most complex environment. Why? Because a vehicle is a vector. And when we talk about training and vehicles, we need to be clear in what we are going to train because vehicles mean different topics, different chapters. One is when the vehicle is a dynamic. In this case, it's a vector. In that case, we are talking about driving. That's completely different than fighting, uh, for, for example, the model that we are going uh, to apply during the symposium is a static, is related with the ratio, the three ratio we have on the vehicle when the vehicle is a static vehicle. This means internal to external, that is a defensive ratio, it's a defensive report, and external to external is neutral, uh, is neutral condition, neutral report, and extend that is not something we are going to cover, the third one, that external to internal, how to stop the vehicle. Why we don't cover? Because this is specifically for military and law enforcement. There is no way for a civilian to learn how to stop a vehicle because they don't need to do it. Understand? So uh, it's not the case, it's not uh, the, the priority. First, we need to work on the first two that are, but this is not enough. Because when we talk about vehicle, the vehicle is a ballistic environment, is a ballistic filter that is 360 degrees around us. And we are inside a ballistic filter that is heterogeneous because the vehicle has hard point and soft point. The vehicle has solid parts, has glasses. Every single glass is different. The windshield doesn't react like a side glass. The windshield doesn't react like the rear. So, and here there are tons of things that we, I did thousands and thousands of ballistic tests. I had the luck even to work for the second largest ammunition group in the world. 
I, we did it, a lot of ballistic tests. I, in my life, I worked a lot on the vehicles. This is why I, we worked with a harmony vehicle. We worked with a low-disc vehicle, standard vehicles. We worked because in other things, there are tons of parameters that can change completely tactics. As the left driving, right driving change a lot. Hmm. Yeah. The vehicle, as soon the vehicle is a dynamic, you apply the vehicle is always the first line of defense. As soon it's a dynamic, until it's dynamic, is a vector. The priority is to keep the vehicle moving, is not to stop and fire. Keep 100%. going. That's it's a yeah, number one, drive truth, true and fast. Find a way out. <laughs> yes. Uh, number two, reverse out. That means that. If you can't go through, then reverse your direction, but move, don't stop. Only if you can't do point number one and point number two, you stop and make it. But yep. this is the last chance. It's like a gunfight. You need to avoid as, as more as you can until you need it. Yeah. So keep that vehicle in motion. Vehicle's the best, most underrated force multiplier. And then you see all these guys at these schools training all this stuff, like shooting and all this stuff. And I'm like, yo, and, and in some of my vehicle and in some of my videos, I talk about it. I'm like, the major thing I see wrong with this incident is that vehicle could have driven out this way, could have driven out that way. They stopped the vehicle. So we, we will start from the vehicle being stopped, but if you can get away, drive over the curb, Get away. This is why we teach at my school how to ram through and how to ram through is a science. You can't just drive through things. You know, it'll shut your car off. You get punched in the face of your airbag if you don't do it right. <laughs> it takes practice. Because you know what? On the starting point, doesn't matter which will be the starting point. There are things that we can know and things that we can't know. So, for example, we can't know when, where, and how. This is something that is in the end of our opponents. But for logic, if we are going to be attacked, we are going to be attacked when our conditions are critical conditions, where we are weaker than them. Right. So they have to plan their attack in a specific point, in a specific area, in a specific moment. So we, we don't fight. So every time we, we know that we are we are going in a critical phase of our daily life we need to to be aware of this we need to avoid condition before because after it's too late after we can cover this point but so in the base of this if we stop we stop exactly in the x where yep. they so we need to move and keep the vehicle moving as more as we can the priority is not to stop it's to drive to escape from that condition if we can if we can't, and then we are going to see at the symposium where we can do. But <laughs> what I was telling you is the four pillars were master the foundation, low light, vehicles, CQB. CQB means not hostage rescue. Not <laughs> what? Single man. CQB means to have knowledge and competence in a, in a fight in a close pace. That could be your house because you spend time in your house. If you have an intruder, you need to understand how to move. And believe me, people is one of this is another condition that is the worst case scenario because people, they 
they base their idea of home defense basing on the movies, basing on the message we spread. Oh, if uh, someone enters in my house, I can move in my house blindfold. Yeah, if you need to go to take a Coke or a beer on the frigider downstairs, yes, you can do it. But if you have an intruder inside your house, it's not anymore your house, it's your house. You are going, your house become an aseptic, in a, an aseptic space where you need to fight for your family, for your life. And many times you don't have time to evaluate the threat because you can't, you can't in a short time. And the starting point, you are sleeping maybe. So you are unconscious. And then in a frame of second, you need to wake up, take your platform, be ready to have a gunfight for you, defending your life or the life of your family. That's so hard. In the other side, the opponent is full of adrenaline, noradrenaline and cortisol. It's ready. It's aware about the risk is conducing entering your house. And if he's, if he brought a firearm with him, it's not anymore a thief. It's a potential murder because he brought a firearm to defend himself. And if you think that you could be a threat, it's going to kill you. Or maybe they're going to kill you anyway because the value of life in some countries is zero. So you need to face that condition and five seconds before you were sleeping. Do you know what means this? How many times everyone is, is reps, reps, reps. Cool. How many times you tried this? How many times you tried this action? How many times you draw a pistol in a range? Thousand and thousand times you are so strong. Cool. How many times you try this action? And another question. You live alone or with your family? Because if your family's in, you could be the most trained guy in, the, in your area. But your family, what about your family? The first round is going on air, the first shot. If you don't control and how you can control your kids, maybe in another room, maybe they start to screaming, running. Maybe your wife can run in the highway or uh, uh, change a room or uh, can cross your line of fire anytime. Because when you are under stress and in panic, you start to act in a erratic way, in different ways. So you are prepared for this? Are you sure? How many times you try it? Your kids are trained for this? Do you know what it means to shoot inside a closed environment? Inside of a building? Do you know the, the acoustic shot you are going to go there? And the muzzle flash? And maybe you are not trained for low light? Do you think that... You start to push on all the lights. You think it's easy. And another thing, you don't know how many are inside your house. Maybe one, maybe more. You don't know where they are. And you think, you want to tell me that you move blindfold without scouting, without clear a room? If you don't know how to clear a room, if you don't know how to afford a door, if you don't know what means the fatal time, if you don't know how to manage close space, plus other people that is with you, your family. That's the worst case scenario. I, I prefer to fight a full team of cartels than to fight with my family inside it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, I love what you're saying, man. The, 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 the fundamentals. And we're going to have, you know, we don't have the low light, but we're going to have the vehicle stuff. We're going to yeah. have the one-man CQB. <laughs> you know, we're going to have, you know, defending your pistol, things like that. Um, because I... Great. Yeah, man. I've spent so much in one course, in one weekend. Four of the pillars in one course, man. It's, 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 it's yeah. Why I talking about pillars? 
because mm -hmm. this is a kind of course that is a, an amazing experience. You have great trainers. Yeah, not me. I mean the others. You have a lot of interesting informations there that mm -hmm. can cover different topics. The main topics you need as civilian, as law enforcement as well. Right. Because you need to enforce your training. 100%. Yeah. And so that's why we put it together this way, because I want you guys to walk away, increase that protection quotient you have. And it's it's uh, it's it's really, really the way we put it together is to get them here first. And then we go out and we do this stuff. Um, let's. And the last thing I wanted to say before we play a few videos is uh, I've spent some most of my practicing career on the range and. Um, I've been really approaching the equation that you've been talking about, which is, okay, cool. Like I can run through competitive shooting. I can run through the range. And I'm like, I got to get to the force on force piece, man. <laughs> you know, like, like that's gotta be in there somewhere. It's still in a controlled environment, but how can we know that we're ready if we're not sparring with other humans trying to superimpose their will at least <laughs> you know, so that's been something we've been trying to push into. And almost every module you guys go through is going to have some component of force on force in there, you know, and don't let that scare you. This is a place for warriors to come, for protectors to come and fail in the safety of other people that want them to be better protectors. This is where you want to come and mess up and fail. I will be out there training with you, being vulnerable with you. Um, this is, it's like a brotherhood. It's, 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 it's actually a love that we have for each other. I go to the dojo to get choked out amongst my brothers. So it doesn't happen in the streets. So this is where you come to learn, you know, this is, this is what the game is about. Um, so I want to encourage you guys, women, everybody. And tell you that we, I don't think what we, we will not make any kind of discount in terms of, we're going to slap their ass as hard as we can. 100%. That's that warrior love language, man. We are going to train hard because that's how it's going to be in real life. So this is good stuff, man. I can't wait. Let's take a look at a couple of these. Um, we'll look at some of the, this one I think we mentioned. Okay, so we have a traffic stop. Imagine you are sitting here in traffic. We're all going to be in this situation probably at some point today. And, uh, uh, Instructor Zero, give us like your your takeaways from this event. Someone's getting out of the car in front of you. <laughs> and they start shooting. Yeah, full auto. Mm-hmm. Very short. They quit rifles. Basically, I think this environment, I don't know nothing about this video. I think it seemed the environments in the United States. Mm -hmm. That's the situation. Okay, go ahead. I think it's our United States, right? The environment. Yeah, unfortunately. Now, it's not a big deal in terms of uh, technical approach on this video. The two things that I want to point on this video are first, one of the, you know, it's a, you need to forgive me, Byron. Mm. You know what is, uh, what is com complex is to explain something without explaining before something else. 
without the content. Yeah. It's hard for people to understand. So we need to, to say this. Vicos is a very complex environment for everybody, for professionals and for civilians. But remember one thing. Many times a civilian has, in terms of range of risk, has higher risk than a special force guy. Like a law enforcement officer that work as a patrol guy has more than a SWAT guy. Why? Because let's say about civilian, right? Civilians can go from zero to 100 in a frame of second. The problem is how often this happens. Routine can kill you one inch per day in terms of professional, in terms of civilian. So day by day, because nothing happened, your level of awareness and your level of tension start to decrease. This happened even on the professional side in any kind of field. It's one of the enemy that we need to face, routine. Complacency. When you are a member of Special Force, you know that your job is high-risk job, but you are prepared for that. You train every day for that, and you apply quite often. And when you apply, you are aware of the risk. A law enforcement officer can stop 10 vehicles, 1,000 vehicles, nothing happened especially if we are talking about countries, city, where are very safe, where nothing happened, and you are not, you don't have the habit to face with criminals. So your level of attention awareness is lower than a officer that applying in LA or in Detroit. Mm, or a SWAT officer. So, but again, uh, for example, Traffic police can stop 10, 1,000 vehicles, nothing. At one point, they stop the wrong one and boom. Okay? A squad team, when they arrive, they already know that they are going to be involved in an action. So the range of risk for, for a special force or for a squad team can, could go from 60 to 100, from 80 to 100. And it is the is the uh, is the uh, lowest level for a civilian is zero, but the highest is in common is one hundred because life is one. The life is the same for police officers, special forces, civilian. Life is one. If they lose their life, they lose their life. Game over. Doesn't matter how it happened. Understand? So what? What? Why I said this? Because one of the hardest things is to match and apply. Every day in our daily life, what is really useful? For example, look at the traffic line here. Rule number one, when you are on the traffic line, get always space. Don't stop your vehicles, attach it to the other. Otherwise, you don't have any more space. If you need to escape from the line, if you need to make a maneuver, if you need to escape, exit from the line, if you don't keep space, you can see, for example, well, the, the, the gray car before the written all, only, there is a huge space between that car. That's perfect. But how much time you apply this every day? Are you able to apply this rule every day, every time you stop in a traffic? 
are you able to keep this attention? Because in close protection, you have to do it, right? If you have a, if you work as a driver, this for you is mandatory. distance from other vehicles. So, but the the hardest thing is to apply this every day. Right. You know? Now, every time the vehicle is going to be a static vehicle, like traffic light, uh, the close traffic light or traffic jam, whatever, your risk starts to increase. In some countries, you can have even during dynamic conditions. In South Africa, it's very common that they're going for car hijacking, even in a highway, I told you before, or they can rubber you even while you are driving. Even in Latin America, if you drive a motorbike or a car, they can they can go for you even in dynamic condition. But every time you stop, then you are more, the exposure of the risk start to increase. Now, what I can make the evidence here, the second point is, you, you should think in this video, not if you were the target of the attack, but even the other car beside, behind, or in front of the car that was attacked by criminals. Because remember, guys, that criminals have no rules. They don't care to generate collateral. They don't care if they kill three people more than their target. They shoot, period. So then another important point is how to react even if you are not involved in that kind of attack. Think about if you have your family in that vehicle. What are you going to do immediately as soon as you see someone with a rifle pass your car or as soon as you heard the shots? What are you are going to do? How you can exit or which are the priorities, the immediately action drills that you're going to apply? Have you ever thought about this? Because this is important. It's not about only about the target, if you are the direct target. You could be involved in a gunfight that is, is dangerous as the same. And you're, you could not be the target of that attack, but you can, you can have the same danger as the attack of the, as the target, because maybe you are the car that is beside. Ballets flying in the air, in the air. So it's, <laughs> you need to understand this, this is important. And look at here, look at the reaction of people. Someone start to break, then try to give gas, but no one exit. No one exit from the line. No one force the line. Yeah. Nothing. It's like normal action. That's, that is a surprise about this view. How the other cars, nobody moved nothing. Even the car, if you, if you, if you uh, hear to the audio of the guys that are inside this car, the camera car, you can understand that, oh, shit. That is, but nothing more than... And yeah, and I think I think that's one of the things we go I, I go after with those tactical protection reviews because I think, especially if you're not trained with them, you know, to use a buzzword, the mindset of always looking for something, having your awareness, knowing that when you're stopped, your your risk increases. Um, you have this. I think most people have this little cognitive dissonance, this gap of is this really happening? What's going on? Da, 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 the civilian mind. And that makes them extremely vulnerable. Because to me, when I look at this, the first thing I see is, hey, this gap right here, you see these guys get out with these guns, this little gap that from the front of that um, hood to the back of that red car, 
I'm going hard to the right and I'm getting, I'm driving up on that curb and I'm leaving everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. If I had, my, especially if I had my family inside, as soon Forget as I, it. I move out, I, I'm I, gone. I'm, uh, or the, uh, the red car or whatever, I'm going to move out from the line and I'm going to try to escape from that kind of condition. I'm going to avoid the risk of to be involved in the action. 100%. Take a collateral, even to take uh, some rounds that are not, I, I'm, I was not the, the, the main target, but can receive it. If there's a gunfight, no one knows where those rounds are going, <laughs> you know. Exactly. When ballets start to fly in the air, is always a question mark where they're, somewhere they're going to stop. So, another yep. point, you know, when we, when we talk about vehicle, one of the and this out from the old wild. Sorry, just queuing up the next one. Okay, go ahead. Very interesting video. Uh, here is uh, where uh, so. In the first video, we are not able to see if there was a reaction from the subject or the subjects that were inside a vehicle that was the target of the criminals. We are, from the video, we were not able to see this, who is going to shoot or if they react or not. But in that case was an, the report, uh, the ratio was from internal to external. Mm -hmm. In this case, the next video, the one that you just uh, Heart stopping police. This here we are talking about external to external is a neutral reaper. What means? Means that we have a vehicle, we use a vehicle basically as a cover or concealment, depending about the part of the vehicle and how we move, but basically as a cover or cover, not the literally what means cover that means is something that can stop ballot ricochet or a sharpman. Vehicle has some points that can they can work as cover and some other points that they don't work as a cover but work as concealment so mm -hmm. we need to understand the difference also between uh cover and concealment anyway in this case we are talking about one vehicle that uses but two opponents one is the police officer one is the, is the subject the criminal that's try to kill the police officer using his vehicle has cover as well so <laughs> both are fighting around the same vehicle and here if you pump out the video where you can see it is heart stopping police death. Okay, we'll let it run. Video of a police officer getting into a gunfight with a suspect he pulled over. It's a scene that kind of looks like a shootout from the old Wild West. It started as a routine stop for a traffic violation. Then the driver's door swings open out of nowhere. Just fire, just fire. Look at the white SUV heading straight into the hail of bullets. The driver hightails it out of there in reverse. But the gun battle rages. The okay, so here we have two elements. One, we have a vehicle with a subject that is uh, aspiring to the officer from uh, internal of the vehicle, and the officer probably is behind his vehicle in this moment. So in this case, who is in advantage is the officer because the distance and the cover of the other exactly from this moment when the subject start to approach is going in open field. Now, the second element is the other vehicle that arrived on the, on the scene, realized that it was a gunfight and the reaction was perfect. 
he disappeared immediately. That's what <laughs> that that was great. This is a reaction. Now, the fact that this happened in a uh, in a country uh, countryside area, not not really high density uh, area, uh, was good because mm -hmm. uh, collaterals, because other vehicles, because there are tons of things that can go wrong. Think about that. You, other people that are driving other vehicles, they can be scared. They can go under panic because the gunfight, they realize that, they realize that there is a gunfight in action. So they can bump the vehicle. They can kill the officer or the other side. It could be good, but we have no warranties that we don't receive a bump or a hit from other vehicles. Think about a woman that maybe hold woman, hold man, that maybe they start to go under panic because they realize they see the gunfight and maybe they hit another vehicle. There are tons of variables in the traffic that can go wrong. So we need to take care about this because this changed a lot, even in terms of our reaction from internal. Now to go back on the point here, you can see the, the subject in this case is, uh, is using the shade of the vehicle of the officer. You see this lower and it's using the shade of cover of the, of the vehicle. You see, you stay lower, you move lower, straight to the engine of the vehicle. That is the solid, uh, is the is the solidest part of the vehicle. You see, is moving, following the shade of the vehicle, following the profile. At this point, the condition is changed. Why? Because uh, let's go to the video. So he shoot from here, then he move, and he was able to reach the shortest distance from the vehicle in the hardest part that was the engine now he is he is on vantage advantage and the officer is in disadvantage because he's closer to the engine than the officer now the officer is in the back part of the where you still have some cover for sure less than what could provide you the engine so because the subject is so close to the engine put the officer uh, in a kind of condition that is in disadvantage. Plus the officer in this case, uh, if you can, if you go forward with the video, you can see that instinctively the officer start to take distance from the vehicle. That is something that we never need to do it because you, the more the distance you're going to put between you and the vehicle, the more you're going without cover. And you're going to feel in, uh, there are, tons of video there is one specifically that's it's uh, the master uh, uh, about this point is happening i think in the philippines and uh, involved there, were, there is one uh, suv white suv with a full family with an entire family inside and two criminals start to fight each other around the vehicles uh, and both of the criminal both of the subject were about 10 yards from the vehicle and they start to shoot, and no one hit the other until one runs straight to the vehicle and close the distance. At that point, one was behind a cover, and the other was in open space. And end of the game. Understand? So uh, the officer here, you know, it's uh, it's always easy. Done. Done misunderstand me. I don't want to analyze the job of the officer because it's always easier 
to do it by the phone, sitting on the chair. You need to be inside that condition to understand and to evaluate. So this is a point number one. But at the same time, we need to analyze in a septic way, not to talk about the job or, or to criticize the job of the officer at all, but to save or help other people or other officers if this happened. So the problem is the distance you put between a cover. In this case, the main part of the vehicle is the engine. So this movement that the subject did was at the point he passed from disadvantage to advantage in that kind of action. Because when he was in that kind of condition, shooting from uh, from internal to external, even if the, the door was open, he still used the pillar and part of the vehicle as a cover. Then he moved from that position, following the shade of the cover of the vehicle in concealment and in cover because the engine was in his side. And, and he, he got the engine for first and the closed way. So the officer at that point, at that point was uh, uh, farther than him and he can't use anymore the engine as a cover uh, for in first pen as he did at the beginning because at the beginning why he was behind because you use the full body of the vehicle but the engine is the most solid part plus the pillars plus uh, other other hard point that you can find we are going to discuss this uh, during the uh, when the subject made a closet uh, went to the engine. Uh, and he controlled basic that space, put the officer in disadvantage. Plus, the officer instinctively tried to uh, keep more distance from the vehicle. That is something very dangerous because the more distance you put, the, the most you are uncovered. Uh, you are basically in open field and easier to be, uh, to be shot. Understand? Makes sense. Yeah, man, that's solid. That's good stuff. It's like a push. It's a it, there's a battle going on for these vehicles, man. This is good stuff. So you guys are getting some of the cheat codes you're gonna get when you train with us at the Protector Symposium. Um, man, this has been a clinic. This has been such good information. I'm gonna play this last video for everyone to see what they will have an opportunity to come and join us at this event, and then uh, we will close it out. So, you guys, that was actually the driving video that we have another course happening at the symposium. Nonetheless, Protector Symposium 5.0 is among us. We have uh, Craig Douglas, Sawman, who's going to be here, Kawa 2 Alpha. We've got Ed Calderon. We've got Raul Martinez. And then we have the infamous Instructor Zero, who we've been working with here today. Man. This was such an easy episode because I got to just sit back and you were hammering. It was a clinic. 
Uh, there was so much good. It was chewy, man. I, I, you know, this is one that you could watch a few times. So thanks so much. Um, it's an honor and a privilege. And I hope you guys will come and join us September 16th, 17th, and 18th at this event in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. And absolutely. What we are going to cover, uh, my part, my section, we are going to see, we're going to cover a lot of information about vehicles, about uh, something that could be useful, not only in a fight with a vehicle or inside a vehicle, but also in a daily life, if you need to escape very fast from a vehicle, if you need maybe for other needs because you have the need to escape from a vehicle. At the same time, the development, we're going to, we're to cover the back, all the safety of the safety, um, uh, sorry. Safety measures. In the safety measures, yeah, the, uh, that uh, are built because, you know, vehicles are not built for so this is the point. So everything can protect you while you are driving a vehicle from a car incident or any other uh, risk uh, related of driving is something that can kill you if you need to use a vehicle to fight or fight inside a vehicle or from inside, from internal to external or around the vehicle. Why? Because we're not built for that. Also, technology. The devices we have inside the vehicle, as hard bags, our uh, seat belts, our uh, as many other uh, system, electronic system we have in the vehicles. Think about, and you know, you know perfectly this. One time, if you need to do a J turn or J turn reverse, or uh, when everything was, when you have a manual shift, uh, clutch, and everything was way easier. Now with the modern vehicles. If you are going to try to touch the handbrake, nothing happens. There is a little light that appears like damp is not coming to press the button. <laughs> yep, true. And when you have automatic shift, if you need to go from drive from the rear one, if you don't do it in the proper way, the shift goes in protection. So cut out your order. This is, and if you need to do it very fast, it's a big problem. So, you know, which is the problem with the vehicle courses? The mm. problem related with the vehicle training and firearms is the way that we want to approach vehicles. Because, first of all, we don't want to go for real in a vehicle. What means? Normally, when you do a vehicle course, are, uh, the, uh, if you a vehicle uh, clause, uh, quarter yeah. bike, or, or uh, depend about how you want to call uh, fighting model vehicle, whatever is the acronym, the concept is the same. If you are going to match firearms, reaction, vehicles on the range, Normally, what you find on the range are, uh, are not really vehicles, are pieces of steel that have two million holes everywhere, nothing in function inside a vehicle. And the only things you learn is as soon something happens, I need to shoot, I draw out my gun, 
I pass up to my steering wheel, I shoot in front of me, boom, boom, boom. Then I open the door, shoot from the delta, running back, shoot from the back, period. This is the vehicle course in the, in the best case scenario. In the wars, you can have three, four guys as a civilians that react in a full gear from a vehicle. Now I tell, I want to ask you, on the statistics side, when this ever happened, that you have four civilians in full gear with rifles and pistols that react as a team from a vehicle in our cities. Never. I didn't hear one case, but we do, we still do that kind of course. Why? Because they need, no, because we make money on selling that kind of course. Because it's cool. <laughs> but yep. it's, it's cool because, you know, if we say, hey, come to learn vehicle stuff inside a classroom, where I can explain for three, four hours just the ballistic of the vehicle, oh, that's not cool. That is not something that can call people on the course. That's the reality of things because people right. don't want to learn, want to have fun. But right. we don't, as a profession, we don't provide fun. We provide right. knowledge, information. That Confidence. Real information. Mm -hmm. So think about this, okay? Very few things. 96 98% of people are is right hand dominant, right? So this means that they carry the firearm on the right. On the right side or in happenings, in the middle. But they're going to use facing to the right, yeah. with the right hand, right? Mm -hmm. Good. If you have uh, left driving, like we have in, in Europe or not in all part of Europe, in UK they have it's not anymore inside the European community, but it's in, in, the, in the area. They have uh, right driving, but uh, we have left driving, right? So where, let's say that worst case scenario, because it's something that's normally rule number one, you need to exit from the vehicle. As soon as the vehicle is a stocked vehicle, you don't have, if you try to react from internal to external, it could happen. It's not something that we need to avoid completely because maybe it's not depend on us. Right. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't need to fight from the front seat. It's the worst case scenario we can <laughs> face. We need to exit from the fucking box as soon as we can. Not for sure, losing time shooting from internal to external. Mm -hmm. But if we can, if we need, then let's say if we shoot and then we can move with a vehicle, or we need to, let's say we are driving an automatic shift, okay? Something happened, we need to draw the gun immediately and shoot immediately. Cool. Now, if we need to exit, we have two problems. One, we need to remove the seatbelt. Second, if we remove our foot from the brake, the vehicle is going to move. Try to exit from a moving vehicle with a gun your, with a firearm in your hand, you just shot, but you, you, you maybe already used your firearm, so your level of stress is super high. And where is the buckle of the seatbelt? In which side? Right next to you. Yeah, but in which side? Your left side. No? Your the right back. side. Ah, the, the buckle. The buckle of the seatbelt is uh, on the Yes. The it's on the right side. It is, yeah. Yeah, everything is in, but in your right hand, you have a firearm. So with your firearm in your hand, 
you should put the shift here or here or in parking or in neutral. Otherwise, you have a moving vehicle and you need to remove the back of your seat belt. So if this happened with your gun in your hand, that you already shot some rounds, I don't know how many people that are going to do so easy and without shoot uncontrolled, without making uncontrolled shot and bring the edge. Yeah, there's a lot going on with this hand. There's a whole yeah. lot going on. On the range, if you don't use a real vehicles, you don't know that it's easy to remove. If a vehicle is a stocked vehicle, no engine, no issues with a shift, no issues with the movement, is just a piece of steel where you need to remove a safety belt, a seat belt, and open a door. This is the only two action you have to do. It's way easier than the reality. And why, instead of put inside the vehicle another three ninja, you don't put a baby with the seat or your wife. And your wife, yeah, <laughs> sitting next to you. Again, show me your tactics now. Show me how good you are of having your baby that is linked with the seat. But you are a dragon, a monster, removing all the stuff because you train it with a rifle from a vehicle. Now show me the tactic with your baby. Which is your priority? Because this is what can happen in a daily life. Except if you are alone, you don't have family, you're sure that you're going, you don't have, even your friend, your girlfriend, or your boyfriend, whatever, or your client. Your client could be sitting behind you. You're driving them. For sure. That's another case, a professional side. But, you know, we want always to analyze the easy one. And people, they don't realize that it's way easier for a special team to get from a vehicle than a civilian with a kid on, on, the, uh, on the back seat. Yep. Understand? 100%. Because it's something that's they need to take care. Do you know that in some places you need to be very fast removing the, your baby because they're going to start your vehicle with the baby inside. They don't care. And they don't care and they don't have social security numbers and no yeah. one's going to find them. <laughs> Understand? So there are different priorities in the base of the criminal, the criminal dynamics you need to face in the base of the environment where you live. And the base of your daily life, in the base of your job, in the base of who you are. But if you carry a firearm and you talk about vehicles, you need to be real. If you don't know how it works, the ballistic filter you have around you, if you don't understand that there are specific priorities, stupid things. Everybody shoot to the steering wheel. Do you, can you explain me why I need to, to shoot straight on my, in front of me on the steering wheel? There is no sense on this, not logical sense. There is no logic on this, and I explain you why. For two reasons. One, there is a something in front of me that is called airbag. If something happened, if a vehicle bumped me from the back and I hit another vehicle, or if even the criminals bump me on the front and the airbag goes on, is a charge. And I'm shooting right in front of the airbag. So, why? And second point, I'm going to break the windshield that is exactly in front of me. If I'm going to be again in dynamic condition, if I break the contact, I can I can be able to escape with a vehicle. I'm going to have a lot of holes 
in front of my face that can produce a lot of sharpness. So why I need to shoot in front? When I draw the gun, I need to do this instead to do this and go a little bit on the side, avoiding the airbag, having more visual, more field of view. My, uh, my fob is going to be wider and I'm more protected because I'm lower and more protected uh, from the engine. Engine, yeah. And I'm going to break a portion of the windshield that is out of my axis. But people still shooting in front of the steering wheel. Where all their visibility is. I wish someone that can give me a logical <laughs> Good to go, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Instructor Zero, man. This is going to be a real deal course. This is going to be a real deal course, man. I, I'm so excited. I mean... The amount of times you've blown my mind just having this conversation here, you know. Oh, man, the amount of people, you know, shooting right in front of, blinding themselves, essentially, and dealing with all this stuff. This is good, man. I can't wait to see you here in September uh, 16th, 17th, 18th, sir. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Sure. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. My you know, the uh, with uh, the Ecclesiastes verse, with much wisdom comes much sorrow. I, I think maybe sometimes when we see some of these things, but together we're going to we're going to give people some real high quality training. So if you guys haven't go to protectorsymposium.com, get your tickets. I put the uh, link in the comments and these were some knowledge bombs going down here. This was a clinic. So uh, we look forward to it. And it's going to be the only vehicle course I will do in the United States until 2023. 2023. Outstanding. The only vehicle course he's doing in the United States till 2023, y'all. So get after it. We have spots. We have space left. And uh, it will be an honor. Thank you so much. And Thank you, Byron. Uh, as I said at the beginning, you're really a really good human being. That's very important. I'm happy... And I, I felt this since the first time I met you at the shop. You know, there are people that I don't know how to explain, but there are different kinds of professionals in this industry. And believe me, I met a lot of them. I met some super cool special force guy that probably I don't put them in charge even to go to buy a lunch in McDonald's. And I met some very simple men and women that I could put my life in, in their hands anytime. This to tell what? To tell that there are many kinds of professions. There are professionals that they point on money, on business, everything is really accepting, no emphasis, no passion. Passion is the engine. You have a lot of passion and you are a good man. Thank you. Thank and you're professional. That's not because, but again, the most important value is the human being that is behind the profession. You know? I mean... You can buy, man. The, everything else you can buy. But how you are like a man is not something you can buy. It's, it's something that's earned, man. And it's a journey, too. It's a stinking journey. It isn't because of once upon a time going to war and once upon a time. Anyways, this stuff means the world to me, man. It's the most important things. And I think that's why we gravitated towards each other, because I saw the same thing in you. And I was like, you know what? We'll just be over here <laughs> and enjoy our time. So it's an honor. 
So thank you for the, this opportunity. I want to greet everybody. Uh, it's only one hour, one hour, 53 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we've been going, man. So it's been good. All right, you guys, go to protectorsymposium.com. We will see you at the event. Boom. Yeah, you in Tucson. Be sure yeah. to be there. <laughs> Clap your ass, 100%. <laughs> be sure to be there. It's a really unique opportunity. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody, for your time. I hope that I didn't bust your balls too much. But, you know, there are a lot of things to cover. So I always find Byron, thank you. See you soon. Let's keep in touch. That's the passion. Boom. This is my MCK. There are many like it, but this one is mine. If you've got a firearm sitting around, a pistol that you are not doing anything with, get an MCK. They make them for every single model. If you want a micro conversion kit that will turn your handgun into a force multiplier, get one, man. They are ultra affordable. CAA MCK micro conversion kits are the changing the game, y'all. So if you don't have one, you need to get one. Get one, your women, children, people that are less physically potent will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. You will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. I wanna get one of these into the hands of 100,000 more protectors this year because ultimately we are only as good as the things, the nation is only as good as its protection. Your home is only as safe and as good as your ability to protect it. MCK, go get one, drop your handgun in, take it to the next level, out, boom. Boom, yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I wanna encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, you'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, that helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.